Ladies and gentlemen, this evening's performance of The Diz Explorers will begin in two minutes. Excellent listening locations are still available all around Showcase Promenade. Due to the use of alcohol and opinions around the lagoon, for your safety, we request that you remain on the promenade side of all railings. During the show, please watch your step and take small children firmly by the hand. Once again, this evening's performance of The Diz Explorers will begin in just two minutes. Thank you. This is Mel with the Diz Explorers podcast, and welcome to a mini-sode where we're going to talk about everything I learned about the cabins at Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort. My family and I stayed there a couple of weeks ago, and I've had some time to put together a few notes, a few thoughts about our experiences there, and I wanted to share them with you instead of doing a typical trip report. So if you're not familiar with Fort Wilderness itself. It is in the Magic Kingdom area. It is basically the next door neighbor to the Wilderness Lodge. So sometimes people can kind of get the two mixed up. Wilderness Lodge is a deluxe resort. Fort Wilderness, actually the cabins are considered a moderate resort and it's more of a campground style where Wilderness Lodge is more of a formal lodge, like a big ski lodge. It's very grand. So the campground layout itself is separated into three areas for guest accommodations. The first that you'll get to when you enter the resort would be the cabins, which is where we say each cabin is its own unit. You're not attached to other families' cabins. You have your own driveway, your own cabin. The second area is the campsites. Now these campsites are for RVs and trailers and large campers. They have water hookup, electric hookup, and things of that nature. And the third and smallest area would be the primitive campsites where you can bring your tent, pitch your tent, and camp at Walt Disney World. Who knew? Well, I did know, but I couldn't picture how it would actually work until I saw it. And the primitive camping area does have um, shower houses with showers and toilets and sinks and things of that nature. So it's not totally primitive. You do have a few creature comforts. But I do want to primarily talk about the cabins because that's really where we stayed. Now, I've wanted to stay at the cabins for many, many years, primarily because I have three kids. We're a family of five. And if you've ever tried to fit a family of five into a world that seems custom built for families of four, you know it can be tricky. I will say over the last 10 years, Disney has done an awesome job of expanding its options in standard rooms for families of five by in, by increasing the number of rooms that have that fifth sleeping fifth sleeper, so the trundle bed that pulls down over the dresser. It started off in Port Orleans Resort Riverside in the Alligator Alligator Bayou area, and it seems to have expanded to a lot more of moderate of the moderates. 
Now, most of the deluxes do have fifth sleeper options, not all, but most do, but that does come at a higher price point, which makes the cabins even more attractive because they're a little bit less than a deluxe, a little bit more than a standard moderate, but they do accommodate up to six guests. And so you have the space for that. Now, the way these cabins, let's talk you know, a little bit about the living areas in the cabins. The sleeping arrangements are like this. There is a bedroom to the rear of the cabin with a door that closes. I think that's super important because sometimes it's just an archway. The door to the bedroom actually closes. I love that. So there's a queen bed in there. There are twin bunk beds in there. There's also a little TV and a pretty good vanity area as well as a closet and a dresser. But then out in the living room portion, it's an open concept living area. And in the living room area is a sofa sleeper that pulls out, I believe it pulls out to a double. I didn't actually measure it, but my oldest son who's 20 slept on that and he didn't have any problems. So the mattress was just fine. And he was the only one sleeping on the sofa pull out, but it is an open concept living area. So it's the kitchen, the dinette area, as well as the living room area, all in one shared space. So, the living area is basically, like I said, that pull-out sofa. There is um, a chair, an accent chair that's in there as well that you can sit on. And I think one of the largest flat screen TVs I've ever seen at Walt Disney World. So the side, the short, if you picture the cabins, they're little rectangles. So on the short end, there's these two windows, but the television pretty much takes up the entire wall between these two little windows. It's a big TV. The dinette area is where the dining room table is. It's a small um, bench, like a booth seating area that can fit up to three people, probably three small people. We fit two there pretty comfortably. And then three chairs on the other side of the oval table. And the kitchen, I really do want to spend some, spend a few minutes on the kitchen because that was one of the biggest draws for us was that the cabins had a full kitchen. So there was a full-size freezer, probably circa 1992, I think, because it's the old style freezer that we remember from, like I said, the 80s and 90s, where the freezer is on top, the refrigerator is on the bottom, but there is an ice maker in the freezer, which is super important. So the moment you get into your cabin, make sure you flip up that little lever that will begin the ice making so that you don't have to wait too long to make sure that your ice, is, your ice bin is filled because there's no place for you to actually like go fill an ice bucket. They don't really have that at this particular resort. So you're gonna make, wanna make sure your ice maker is going the moment you get there. Then right next to the refrigerator is a small cooktop. There are two burners on it. Ours had the flat kind of burner, so they weren't the raised electric burners with the coils. It was just a flat top cooking service with two burners. Um, and then above that it was the microwave unit. But the microwave was a microwave convection oven combination because there's not a traditional oven in these cabins. They just use the small convection oven and microwave in one unit. We never used the convection oven feature, so I can't really speak to how functional that was, but the microwave worked just great. Then there's a coffee maker. There is a coffee maker, which was so important. I, I was skipping up videos to see what kind of coffee maker it was. It's a traditional old school drip coffee maker, but Disney does leave you plenty of those circular filter packs with the coffee already in the filters. Um, it's preloaded, kind of what I say. It's the original 
pod. So those will make up to eight cups. But if you remember those old, old style coffee crafts where the eight cup marker is, it's really about three mugs of coffee. And that's how it worked out for us even with the coffee mugs. It was about three, maybe three and a half mugs worth of coffee for us. So we would go through two of those coffee filter packs in the morning and maybe one or two in the afternoon. So just ask your housekeeper, they will leave you plenty of coffee. Then next to the coffee maker is the sink, which is a kitchen sink. And then finally, as you finish your roundabout of the kitchen, there is a full size dishwasher, which is awesome because you don't wanna be constantly washing dishes by hand. Even though you could, there's a little sponge with a small, I think it's Dawn, I don't know, but there's a small thing of um, dishwashing detergent that is provided for you, which I thought was great because I thought we would have to order dishwashing detergent if we wanted to wash our hands or wash the dishes or wash our hands in the sink. But we didn't, Disney actually provides that for you, which is wonderful. Now outside, there is a charcoal grill and we did use the heck out of that charcoal grill. It's the kind of charcoal grill that you would see at a state park. So it's the kind that's kind of on a pole. It's metal and it has a lever, a stick lever that um, lowers and raises the cooking grate so that you can raise or lower the temperature of your cooking. It's open, it's not a covered grill, so it is open. Um, and you do have to provide your own charcoal. And while I get into our grocery ordering in a minute, we did order in the charcoal in individual bags. And they're the type of charcoal where you're supposed to, it's single use charcoal. You light the bag and that acts as your starter for the charcoal. And once the charcoals get heated up, then you can begin your cooking. And what was really great about that was that when housekeeping came through every day, they would also clean the grill. So they would sweep out that grill unit and clean it out and get rid of all of the old ashes and old briquettes. And then the next time we use it, we would put in another bag and light it and cook with that because the um, grills themselves are rectangular, which worked out great because the bag was rectangular when it was laid on its side. And it was, it was a perfect fit, really. I think those bags were pretty much designed for those rectangular little grills. But right but the grill is right next to the deck. Instead of a patio, you really have, this, it's this raised deck. And it really has to be raised because you're kind of in the Florida marshes back there at Fort Wilderness. In fact, it rained every single day we were there, which was fine, but that meant the water level in the marshes raised every single day we were there and kept creeping closer and closer and closer to our cabin. It never actually reached, the, the water never reached the cabin itself. So we weren't swimming or anything, but the raised deck has, um, a picnic table on it. We never once used the picnic table because I don't like eating outside in Florida in July. It's hot. It's really, really hot. And to me, it's just not comfortable. I know a lot of people love eating and dining outside. I am not one of those people. <laughs> I do not like eating a hot meal in the hot air. I want some air conditioning if I'm going to be eating a very wonderfully grilled to perfection meal. And my husband is quite the cook. So we dined very well right in our cabin. In fact, the steaks we made the first day rivaled anything we've had at La Cellier. They were that good. And I'll talk a little bit about our grocery ordering and how we picked what we ordered in a minute, but you can eat very well right in your own little cabin. The cabins do have a small driveway where if you're driving in, you can certainly park your car. 
If you've rented or brought in one of your own golf carts, your golf cart can fit in the driveway as well. I do believe you still have to pay for parking though. Even though you have your own driveway, the moderate resorts are all subject to that $20 per night parking fee. It used to be, I think, $17. It keeps creeping back up. So if you're listening to this in years from now, this is, <laughs> at the time of recording, the parking fee at moderates is $20 per night. Um, so do know that before coming into the resort. So that's a good amount about the cabin itself. I will say that if I was redesigning the cabins, I would probably add a half bath because if you're talking about, you know, five to six full grown people trying to get ready, we try to figure out who was gonna take their showers at night, who was gonna take them in the morning, and it, timing was a little bit precarious. So I think having an extra half bath would alleviate some of that morning scheduling tension of, I can't get ready till he gets out of the bathroom, you know, things parents hear every day. Um, or he messed up the bathroom, make him clean it up. Oh. It never ends, even with teenagers. <laughs> but I think an extra half bath would go a very long way without adding too much to the redesign if they ever add more cabins. Also, I would probably, may, I mean, I would probably keep the picnic table because I do know a lot of people like using picnic tables, but add an Adirondack chair or two to the decks because that would just be so much more comfortable. I tried to sit and have my coffee on the deck that picnic table is just not super comfy. I think an Adirondack chair or two would be also a very nice addition to the cabins to make them more comfortable and make that space more useful because as it is, we never used the deck at all. So now that we've talked about the cabin, let's talk about the public areas, the amenities of the resort itself. And we're gonna start like you're driving from outside and going into the resort. So when you first drive into the resort and you've passed through security or if you're coming in on the Magical Express, the first area you're going to see or where you're gonna be dropped off is called the outpost. The outpost is closest to the outside of the resort and that's kind of how I remembered it. So the outpost is where you would check in. It's where Bell Services is and it is also where the bus depot is that will get you to all of the theme parks except Magic Kingdom as well as Disney Springs and the water park. So the main bus depot is at the outpost as well. And right now, and I'm not sure if it's going to be permanent or not, but right now that is also where the Tri-Circle D Ranch is located. For those of you who've been to Fort Wilderness in the past, you'll know that the Tri-Circle D Ranch was actually closer to the water. But with the construction going on right now, they're building new DVC villas, I believe, over closer to the water. With all that construction, it just made sense to move the horses someplace quieter, someplace that the construction noise wouldn't agitate them. And they built the, what is now the new Tricircle D Ranch, which is right behind the bus depot. And let me tell you, I thought that, okay, they're just throwing up these stables, they're just gonna be okay. These stables were very nice. They're beautiful, they fit into the theming, so that I think if they, became, if they are permanent, they look great. And I think it's also more convenient for guests coming from other resorts whether you're coming by bus or by car, if you're coming to visit the Tri-Circle D Ranch and you, for pony rides or for trail rides, it's far more convenient for it to be located at the front of the resort versus the back of the resort. So good job with the, tri-circle, with the new Tri-Circle D Ranch. In the middle of the resort is what's known as the Meadows. Now the Meadows is one of the main activity hubs, really, of the resort. There is a large gift shop there. There's a gift shop, you know, everywhere. <laughs> it's Disney World. 
So there's the large gift shop there. The gift shop does have a decent size, believe it or not, grocery section um, with basics and some cleaning supplies as well as charcoal and grocery items. There's refrigerated grocery items as well and your typical resort gift shop merchandise. Now, right around the corner from that is the main feature pool. And one thing, and I'll go ahead and squeeze this tip in since I'm talking about the feature pool, is there are no towels at the feature pool, which is something I was not expecting. I didn't even think to ask, are there towels at the pool? Because at every Disney resort, there are those little towel carts, little tower hut, towel huts, where you just grab what towels you need and you go to find a lounge chair. There are no towel huts at Fort Wilderness. I'm not sure if it's just because some people would be taking towels back to their campers and Disney probably lost towels, I don't even know. But you are welcome to bring towels from your cabin to the pool. And housekeeping, just ask, say, hey, we'd like five extra towels. Housekeeping will leave you five extra towels. Very easy. No fuss, if you're going on your first day and you don't have any extra towels, just take the ones out of your bathroom and give housekeeping a call and they'll deliver some to you. Also in that area is where the campfire sing-along with Chip and Dale is located, as well as the chuck wagon food cart is over there and the bike rental shack, bike shack, is in that space as well. Lots of activities. It is a big hub of things going on. Archery might be there, it might be at the settlement. I can't remember where archery was located, but there is also archery, um, canoe rentals, things like that. Lots to do. A lot of people who stay there, stay there for a week or more and only venture out into the parks a couple of times. So there's lots to do there, even if that is your main destination. The third major public area is called the settlement. Now the settlement is all the way to the rear of the resort it's nestled up against Bay Lake. So that's where the boat launches are over to Magic Kingdom. It's where the boat launches will also take you over to the Contemporary and Wilderness Lodge. And we did that a couple of times too. So in that area is where you will find the hoop de doo Review. If you've ever been to that, that's a musical theater, Oklahoma style type event. It's definitely an experience. We did that about four or five years ago. If you've not tried the Hoop to Do review yet, I cannot recommend anything more highly. It is a fantastically romp stop and good time. There's a dinner show. The food is really good. It's comfort, country cooking, and it's all you can eat. And they even serve beer and wine and sangria with the meal, included with the meal, long before alcoholic beverages were included as part of the Disney dining plan. Now, the Hoop de Doo Review is considered a signature dining experience because of the dinner show part of the meal. So it will take two table service credits from your dining plan to experience the Hoop de Doo Review. It's one of the few that I think is well worth it. We loved it. Now, if you want the food from Hoopty Doo, and who wouldn't want the food from Hoopty Doo, it's really good. But you don't really want the dinner show, or you've already seen the dinner show, then you can go right next door to Trails End. It's the table service restaurant at Fort Wilderness. And it's pretty much all the same food and all the fixings that you'll find over at Hoopty Doo, but it's served buffet style. And that's 
called Trails End. Now in Trails End, and I don't know the name of it off the top of my head, I probably should have written a note on that one, is the lounge. And calling it a lounge is a stretch. <laughs> it's a bar. And the bar is in the main dining room of Trails End. Now, as long as there is seating for everyone in your party, you can sit at the bar, but there's no standing allowed at the bar. So if there's not enough bar stools, then you're going to have to go to the service counter or the service window that's located right on the outside of the bar area. And you can place your order for cocktails. There's some lounge food and things like that. And there are plenty of picnic tables and rocking chairs and outdoor seatings but we've already discussed how I feel about eating outside. <laughs> so there was a night that we were looking to enjoy, you know, a drink and maybe some lounge food, but there weren't enough seats at the bar. So we went off on another adventure and I'll tell you guys about that another time because I think it actually worked out better for us that there weren't seats at the bar for us. Because at Disney World, you always have to be open to adventure when one thing is just not gonna work out. You kinda go <sighs> and you get frustrated for a second do a cleansing breath, do whatever you have to do, because when that happens, there's another adventure right around the corner. I promise you, I could tell you that it happened to us two, three times on this vacation where we would run into frustration. But I tell you what, a bigger adventure was right around the corner because of that. So that's the settlement. There's also a gift shop over there. It's a little smaller than the one at the Meadows, but it's, it's pretty much the same as well as a little playground area. There's little playgrounds kind of dotted here and there all around the resort. And while we're talking about all of the resort, let's talk a little bit about transportation because transportation is unique at Disney's Fort Wilderness. Probably, and primarily because the resort is so large. It is expansive, it is big. I cannot use these words enough to describe the size of Fort Wilderness. The magnitude is just very, very big. And I say that not to scare you off, but more so that you can be prepared. I think a lot of people's dissatisfaction with the bus system and the transportation is because they were not aware of the size of the resort as a whole. And as long as you know how big this place is and you're prepared, then you can plan to take extra time to get from point A to point B because it's going to take you more time to get from point A to point B than it would if you were staying at Port Orleans Riverside, which is another very large resort, but definitely not as large as, as Fort Wilderness. So in order to help alleviate some of the transportation woes, there is an internal bus system that is solely dedicated to transporting guests throughout the resort. I want to say it's six or eight buses. There's three lines, the purple, I think it's purple, orange, and green, or purple, yellow, and green. I'm not really sure on the colors. We always were on the purple line. So it's kind of like if you're in Boston or New York and you have to navigate the internal, the bus systems and they have color codes. <laughs> the buses themselves are not purple or yellow or orange or whatever. It's just the placard on the front. Like if you're catching a bus to Magic Kingdom, the bus says Magic Kingdom. If you're catching a purple bus, the bus says purple. Um, there's six to eight of them. The bus drivers, I have to tell you, are fantastic. They are so friendly. They're so nice. And every time that you get on, they're going to ask you where you're going. Number one, so that they don't forget to help you off the bus, but also to make sure you're on the right bus. So we would tell them, hey, we're going to the Meadows or we're going back to our cabin. It's on loop 28. 
and they would say climb aboard or if we were going to the meadows and this bus wasn't going to the meadows then they would let us know which bus we needed to wait for and they would say that bus is going to be here in three to four minutes and i'll tell you what they know those buses they know all of the buses around them if they say a bus is going to be there in three to four minutes it's going to be there in three to four minutes it'll be right on time so the internal buses will get you from the bus stop that's closest to your cabin or campsite to if you wanted to go to a theme park it would take you to that big depot that's out at the outpost right in front of the tricircle d ranch so that outpost is where you would catch the outgoing buses now some people don't like to navigate that internal bus system we found it quite easy to do in fact we intentionally did that but to get around not and get around inside the resort and not use the buses a lot of people and i mean a lot of people rent golf carts or they bring their own golf cart or they'll have a third-party vendor come in and deliver a golf cart for them to use during their stay and you'll see tons and tons of golf carts on the roads of fort wilderness they are welcome on the regular roads cars do have the right of way but i found cars and golf carts to coexist pretty happily back at fort wilderness you cannot drive a golf cart off property onto the roads at walt disney world though you're only allowed to drive that within the resort roadways themselves now golf carts if you're going to rent them currently are 67 dollars per day which seems like a lot of money it is a lot of money and we kind of decided that maybe we would rent one for a day or just see how it went but one of the problems is is that almost every golf cart there were a couple exceptions but almost all of the golf carts only fit four people now i have a family of five that's not going to do us much good without somebody having to go back and forth and then what's the point of that we may as well just caught a bus it's not saving us time to have a golf cart or if we had a non-park day or two where we were just going to be hanging out at the resort and the kids wanted to ride around i've got you know the ones that have driver's licenses you do have to have a driver's license in order to operate a golf cart so if the kids wanted to go off and use the golf cart that would have been fun but we had park time planned every single day so that really did not make much sense for us to spend 67 dollars per day to have this golf cart not only that but if you have a golf cart it'll take you from your campsite or your cabin to the bus stop or to the boat launch but you're still having to ride a boat somewhere else or ride a bus somewhere else and it just didn't make sense for us to rent a golf cart to do that um so what we did instead is we kind of took that money that we saved by not renting golf carts and at the times when we wanted to we called minivans now minivans are disney's answer to uber and lyft in fact there's an official partnership now with lyft the the lyft ride sharing app and the minivans you actually before you even get to walt disney world i'd recommend downloading the lyft app even if you may or may not ever use a minivan it just makes things easier if you already have the app on your phone we were meeting adrienne and her family over at the polynesian one evening and we decided that it would be easiest especially with the rain coming and going that we would order a minivan to take us over there instead of because it, it's tough to get from fort wilderness to the polynesian where we were meeting up we would have had to take a bus to a boat to the contemporary and then grab on the monorail over there there were a couple other things we could have done but it was it was complicated and we could have done it 
But to keep things easy, and since we were treating it as kind of a date night for my husband and myself, we ordered a minivan. And I had, for some reason, I don't even know why, I had a 25% off code that was good for 10 rides on my Lyft app. I don't know how it got there. Maybe it was just a promo because I don't use the app that often. In fact, I only use it when we're on vacation somewhere and I don't have a car. I never use it at home. It doesn't make sense around here. But so we used the minivan to get us from Fort Wilderness over to the Polynesian. And one great thing about the minivans that you can't have happen with Uber or Lyft or a taxi is that a minivan can come all the way onto property and can pick you up right in front of your cabin. If I were to order an Uber or a Lyft, I would have had to have caught a bus over to the outpost because those Uber and Lyfts are not allowed inside of Fort Wilderness, where minivans are. There are a couple of exceptions, but I'm not even gonna get into those. Um, because the rules are that the Ubers and Lyfts are not allowed past the outpost. But minivans can pick you up right in front of your cabin and they can drop you off right in front of your cabin. So at the end of the evening, my husband and I also, we hopped on the monorail and we explored over at the Grand Floridian as well. And when we were through with that, we ordered another minivan and it took us straight back to our cabin, which was really, really nice. And then the following morning, our daughter wanted to sleep in and our kids were a little slow. It was our final morning of park days before we left. So it was our last full day there. And the kids were a little bit slower that morning. I think we we're just you know, tired from a very busy, very fun week. And so the kids were sleeping in, but we were starting to press it with our fast pass times over at Animal Kingdom. So we ordered a minivan because it would have taken a lot longer for us to get the kids out, walk to the bus stop, get on that, wait for that bus and you know, use the external buses to get over to Animal Kingdom. Instead, we just ordered a minivan and the minivans drop you right off in the front section of the bus depots. So minivans can get you closer to parks than Ubers and Lyfts can sometimes as well. So I'm normally an advocate for saving money when you can, but I'm also an advocate of spending a little extra money if it's going to make your life easier and save you time at Walt Disney World because you have to think time is money as well. Your time definitely is no, I mean, there's no place on earth where time is money more so than Walt Disney World. And when you can save 20, 30, 40 minutes by ordering that minivan, it makes a lot of sense. All right, so that's transportation around the resort. Like I said, as long as you're prepared, as long as you know ahead of time that it's gonna take you a day or so to figure out the transportation and give yourself that time. Be patient with yourself learning it. And be patient with yourself during the entire vacation because it's a slower pace at Fort Wilderness, and that's something we were really, really looking forward to. It, I, I really did like the atmosphere where things just aren't super rushed. So enjoy this space. It's spacious for a reason because you don't feel cramped in on top of your fellow guests and you have room to explore and breathe and see some wildlife and critters. There's wild turkeys and lots of deer and rabbits and all kinds of things. I, I will say, I never once saw a snake. I know people said they saw snakes, but I've never saw one. I saw one little frog once and a couple of lizards. That's as reptilian as my experience at Fort Wilderness was. A lot more furry critters than there were, than there were reptiles, which was really good considering we were kind of in the marshes. All right, some pros and cons to the resort. Every resort has pros and cons. And I think it kind of boils down to this. It's space. 
The big pro to this resort is that you have space. You have your own cabin to come back to every day and take advantage of it. We did. We spent every afternoon in the cabin. We'd go to the parks in the morning and come back and relax at that cabin and spread out. It was fantastic. But I think a con can be the space as well because if you're not used to not having transportation at your fingertips or being able to walk right to your bus stop and hop on a Magic Kingdom bus to get to Magic Kingdom, it can be a little tricky and a little intimidating and frustrating if it's just not something you're expecting. So turn that con into a pro by just being prepared and understand that this is a unique resort. It's a special place within Walt Disney World. I took some pictures of the cabins and all the trees and just the natural spaces. And people are like, you're at Walt Disney World? That's a Disney World? I'm like, this is Disney World. It's so fantastic. So give your time to explore that space and feel comfortable and relaxed in that space because in this day and age, having space and having trees, it it's it can be rare a rare commodity, especially when you're crowded into a bus or you're crowded into a park or you think that you're crowded into a restaurant. Having that space at Fort Wilderness is just, it's priceless. We, we really, really enjoyed it. Um, again, there's no towels at the pools. So make sure you have <laughs> housekeeping, leave you extra towels and make sure they leave you enough coffee because you aren't going to have to add that to your grocery order, which I'm going to talk about in just a second, because Disney World will give you as much as many of those coffee pod packs as you want. We usually ask for about three to four a day. And I usually had one left over. I like making sure I don't run out of coffee. Nobody wants my family decaffeinated. <laughs> we like our morning coffee. Um, and a final tip is plan your grocery service ahead of time. Um, we like the Publix app. This is not a sponsored post. None of our posts are sponsored posts, but we use the Publix app for a couple of reasons. Number one, Publix is a regular grocery store. If you're familiar with Florida or the Southeast, Publix is actually expanding. I live in North Carolina. I don't know if y'all know that, but I do. And um, Publix has even expanded into a few stores in our area as well now. But I grew up on Publix when I lived in Florida. I'm very familiar with it. And when you order something from Publix, you're paying normal grocery store prices. There are other grocery services that do deliver into Walt Disney World. And some of them are a bit more expensive. They're less than if you have to eat at Walt Disney World, but more than a traditional grocery store. And some people like them because of some of the unique items they have, but we were super happy with Publix. You can also use Amazon Prime Now and do a Prime Now delivery. Um, whether that's using the Whole Foods portion of Amazon Prime or just whatever Amazon Prime Now can deliver, you put in the zip code of your resort and that will let you know what items are available for Prime Now delivery. But we did use the Publix app primarily also not just because the prices were the same as regular grocery store prices, but your first delivery on the app is free. Now, we don't live in Florida and I don't know when we're going to be staying at the cabins again. So I'm not super worried about having to place a second order through Publix, though. If we live there, we definitely would. But there was a two hour delivery window. We placed our order for the week. We spent about $200 on groceries for the five of us and considering considering my kids are 16, 17, and 20, I thought $200 for the week was just about right for a week's worth of groceries. The delivery itself is free. We did tip the driver $10 and you can do that in the app. 
the driver will bring your groceries to Bell Services. It's another one of those things like Uber and Lyft where the driver cannot go all the way back to your cabin. So they will, and you can track your delivery on the app. So we knew when they were at the, um, at Bell Services and Bell Services loaded it up on their van and got it straight to us. Now there's a $6 fee that the resort charges for that service and that goes to the resort. So we made sure to tip our Bell Services driver, delivery driver on top of that. We tipped him another $10 as well. So $20 in tips plus a $6 delivery fee. I know that's $26, it sounds like a lot, but that was money so well spent. I would spend that again in a heartbeat for the convenience of having your groceries delivered to you in two hours. They're cold, you get to select, you know, exactly what you want from a full grocery store and have it delivered to you at Walt Disney World for 26 bucks once it's all said and done. That's a no brainer. You know, definitely, definitely take care of the people who are taking care of you while you're on vacation because that $226 that I just spent is saving me about $800 or so in dining costs that I'm not spending by doing table service dining or quick service dining for a family of five. And you know how expensive <laughs> that can be when you stretch that out over a week. Now that's not to say we didn't eat in the in the parks. At times we definitely did. And we did enjoy some cocktails at, at we went to Trader Sam's, we went to Geyser Point, and we ate at the Annapoli. We had a wonderful trip, but we also had a fully stocked kitchen back at our cabin that we took advantage of. My husband ordered some great steaks from Publix. They were so great. They, that's why I say these were La Cellier quality cuts of meat that Publix delivered to us. They were wonderful and they were grilled over that charcoal grill. So it was really good. We had like the potato salad and I'm very particular on potato salad. I don't know if it was the mustard potato salad, Southern style potato salad. I don't know, but I'm particular on that. And it was really, really good. We went through that in like two days. So I wasn't the only one who really enjoyed the potato salad. But we ordered quality food. So we didn't feel like we were being shortchanged by saying, hey, y'all, we have to go back to the cabin to eat. We never felt shortchanged by that. In fact, we were excited by that because we knew that we had some really good stuff waiting on us at the cabins. So that is my overview of the cabins at Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort. If you've got any questions, you can head over to our Facebook page or to Twitter. It's the Diz Explorers at Twitter, and you can drop us a line that way. So I hope you enjoyed our little tour on this mini-sode. And until next time, we'll see you real soon. troop at www.dizexplorers.com where you can find all the links for all our hosts social media accounts you can also follow the podcast on our facebook group at the diz explorers and on twitter and instagram at the diz explorers you can download this podcast on itunes google play podbean tune in radio 
Stitcher Radio, and also on YouTube. Thanks for listening. Spectral Magic!